Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast following the 3-1 win over Leicester City in the League Cup at Anfield. Their much-changed Reds continued the customary sporting gesture of conceding the opening goal, but recovered well with goals from Gakpo, a stormer from Soboslai and a delightful back heel from Diogo. All in all, it was a good outing for the Reds, who go into the big game at Spurs on the weekend on a high, having rested most of the expected starters. Joining me to look back at this and ahead to the weekend are TLW editor Dave Usher and Stu Montague. Dave, I thought we were really good there. <laughs> Crazy, like 27 shots on goal, 8 on target, hit the bar, 3 cleared off the line. Maybe could have had a couple of pens if VAR was involved, but it could have been sort of, could have had a half a dozen or even a dozen there, really. Yeah, it was. It was really good. The first half was mad because I'm sat there thinking, how the hell are we losing this game? I thought we lost our way a little bit, like the last 10, 15 minutes of the first half, but for most of it, we were really good. Um, created loads of chances. Looked like we were going to score every time we went forward. Um, we just got like the the one one break that the yards where we got caught. Um, don't know whether that even would count if if VAR was involved because I think Costas made the most of that and the ref probably didn't buy it. He wasn't buying what he was selling, but he probably was caught. Uh, I've not got any major complaints about that though, but. Um, you mentioned about the penalty. I mean, oh, Ben Doak didn't get that penalty is just beyond me. <laughs> As the linesman not seeing that, it's he's got a clear view of that. It's on his side. He's looking right at it. He goes through both of his legs and then gets the ball. It's not like it was like a, it was a bang bang play like like with Virgil at Newcastle, for example, where you've got to watch it super slow mo to see if he catches the player first or, or or gets the ball. This was like he just went right through the back of him, took both of his legs out. And then he manages to get a touch on the ball. I just can't believe we didn't get a pen for that. But we had so many chances, even though, like I say, we lost our way a bit, like, last 10, 15 minutes, and it was getting a bit frustrating. But then the second half, like, it, the players who didn't really play well in the first half, like, specifically Costas and, and more so Jota, who I thought was awful in the first half, second half stepped it up really good. Whole team played well second half. Um, 3-1 is, like... Leicester have got away with murder there, only conceding three, but three ones our score, isn't it? It's like every single game now seems to be three one. Four in a row, I think. Mm-hmm. Another couple as well, I think. We've we've had at least five of them, maybe even how many games we played? Seven. I think and five of them have been three one. We played oh that was our eighth game tonight. Eighth, yeah. Mm. Mad. Good stuff. Stu, um, loads of positives to take from tonight. Some really good minutes for a lot of the squad members. Um, some big impacts on the game from uh, the big hitting subs. And a really good night for the captain, Curtis Jones. Um, yeah, just so many positives to take. It is, isn't it? It's one of those perfect ones where when you when you dream of your League Cup or your, your FA Cup, where you, you switch the side round, I don't think you can expect it to go any better than that. Apart, apart from, as we were saying, the, the early shock. But other than that, it was just one-way traffic for most of the game. It wasn't um, wasn't particularly ruthless or, or clinical stuff in the first half. You know, we weren't slicing them open with great football. It just felt like it was the weight of pressure. We just kept asking questions constantly. You know, whether it was like don't running at them or just balls into the box. Uh, it was one of those where I don't think anyone could have doubted that we were gonna we were gonna get there eventually. I wasn't even really that nervous. I just thought they they can't keep this up. They can't just keep bailing off the line and getting away with pens. So yeah, it was uh, even though it was there's a couple of people who weren't quite at it as Dave says. I think Costas was a little bit sloppy. I think the uh, Jota was a bit frustrated, especially when he's up against that suitor. 
because I, I couldn't help but think that Diaz would have just twisted him in knots. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. seven seven foot nine gonk that they had. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it was really good. You even you, you even get a chance to to throw on one of the kids at the end um, on the penalty when Dave's talking about the penalty. I did quite like the ref letting things go because I think that that usually helps us when we're in our when we're aggressive when we're pressing. I do like it when referees yeah. let a bit that go. But um, you forget that helpless feeling about no one's going to sort it out. You're sort of looking going, <laughs> yeah. is, is someone going to someone gonna come back to that? Because it's clearly like we, we get a pen here, don't we? And you're like, oh, no, no the ref hasn't seen it. So you just got to crack on with it and get you forget how how frustrating football was before VAR sometimes comes in and sorts it out for you. Um, yeah, I just thought it was perfect. I think it was really good. Saw loads of the new guys. Thought Graven Birch was decent. Thought Endo was steady first half. Thought it was excellent second half. Um, just yeah, just loads of positives. Uh, I think when all the the big hitters come on as well in, in the second half, you just see the the, um, the competition for places now with the forwards. I thought that Gakpo was he had about a fifteen minute period there where he was just swaggering around and he was too good for them. Nunes comes on, firing his belly, chasing everything around. Like we've had we've had a great front three in the past, but. I don't have have we ever had options like this? Ever had five options and if you want to include Doke as a sixth. Just it's incredible firepower. Any one of them could get twenty probably not Diaz, but any other any of the others could get twenty five goals, thirty goals this year. Diaz is our top scorer, isn't he? He's up there. Is I, three or four? I just I don't I don't think he's doing I don't think he's got twenty in him in the way that I think the other lads could do thirty. Yeah, that's really, fair. It wouldn't surprise me if any of the other four got thirty. Yeah. Um Whereas Diaz is probably on a little bit of a purple patch now, but it's just, it's a treat, isn't it? It's a treat to just, you bring on Dom, smashes it in. Oof. Yes. I mean, I made the joke denying the group. Like, is he called Dom because everybody else is just his sub? It's like, he's Dom, and everyone else is submissive. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world is his sub. I mean, just incredible stuff. We're, we're, we're back to those those feelings of, you wouldn't swap your lads for anyone else's, you know. Even with the go with Gomez playing well, Matic playing well at the weekend, you're back to that point almost where you're like, "Well, we'll take our lads over any other any other lads." You know, you're back to these boys being the best they can be, and maybe just maybe they can they can be better than we thought they were going to be this year. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, let's just Dave. Let's just talk about that goal for a minute from Soberslay then, because he comes on after sixty-five minutes with Darwin. Uh, they came on for Gravenberch and Doke, and um, like the first minute he comes on the field, um, Soberslay he, st- he steps on the ball, and I'm like, holy fuck, he just did something wrong. Yeah. Like he is human after all. And then two minutes later, sort of like, I think his next touch get... was bad as well. His first couple <laughs> of involvements, like, what's going on here? <laughs> That's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, you know, five minutes later at the cop end, gets it out of his feet perfectly and just absolutely crashes it into the top corner. A completely unstoppable shot. And uh, you've made a comparison one or two times before tentatively, but there's a certain number eight who used to do that quite yeah. a lot too. Nabby, Stu's boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just pure Gerard, that, that strike, wasn't it? And he almost did it again. He was like, he was only inches over with that other strike, which was even better. Just, just mm-hmm. a bit further out, like, but yeah, he's just something else, isn't he? Just, um, I mean, he's been here five minutes and we're all just kind of like in awe of him, aren't we? 
He's like, I, I keep saying it's like he's 22, but you just don't see him as a 22 year old at all. He's like, Scary, he's just a man, isn't he? He's just like he's a he's a full grown man. Just he's one of those. Everyone looks to him. You know, you can see the other players looking to him. He's already like a, a main leader in the squad, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he's just got that aura about him. I said it the other week. He's, he's got that Van Dyke aura where, like, you know, he's just the man. Um, but and obviously that's just gonna help him doing that today. It just adds to it, doesn't it? Um, something else that strike. And I'd love to see what what speed it was traveling because that was one seriously hard hit ball. It was one of those that you know uh, Sky Sports sometimes do it where they they'll show you the ball tracking and it it, it seems to, it was get it was still getting faster as it went into the net mm. I think it's one of those but um yeah, yeah no speaking of the aura that you mentioned like I've still got this like I'm 41 I've still got this like weird sensation that like all footballers are younger than me <laughs> yeah do you know what I'm, I mean like I'm 50 I'm like <laughs> yeah. it, it is it's it's just weird it's like yeah I know I, you, I don't I know what you you're saying it's like I'll just I'll let you finish your point. Take one. No, um, but yeah, that was it basically. Like I feel like you know I feel like I'm younger than than all of them. Yeah. Now I'm um, you know, but that's obviously not the case. Um, so we'll we'll get on to the second half in a little while. Um, Stu, you know, almost a perfect night, but not quite. The the customary goal conceded early on. Uh, as Dave said, the the fall from Costas wasn't very convincing. Um, we might have got away with it with VAR, and we're one 0 down. Uh, a good finish from McAteer, which dare I say is probably the best game that anybody with that name has ever had at Anfield. <laughs> and, <laughs> Apart from the Newcastle we... games, he was good in them. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we've, we've got a bit of a mountain to climb, but as you say, like no real panic this time around. No, I always felt pretty comfortable. Sometimes you have edgy games, don't you, where you think, is it going to happen, is it going to happen? And I just I just didn't feel that way with this game. You, you can never be happy when you concede off your own set piece. It wasn't a corner, but it was. I think it was our free kick that we put in. And as soon as it drops down, you just look and you go, oh, we're not in great shape here, but Costas will probably just knock it back. And then it is probably a free kick. And he doesn't get given in. He's a bit weak. He did it a couple of times in the first half as well, where he just decided to have a bit of a sit down. And it's like mm. well, the refs, the refs telling us that's not going to be the sort of game it is. So don't take that risk. Um, I think I thought he, sh- you know, he shaped up or whatever. It was, um, yeah, it was. It, it was good to see the press was lively as well. It felt like the press was was on it today, and they were struggling to get out. And given that we've got Tottenham coming up. I do think that's good. I think it's important um, because, yeah, we've got to set that vibe. I know we'll probably talk about that game in a little bit, but coming into the Tottenham game, taking the ball off teams who are going to keep trying to play regardless of what you do, like it's good that that's humming at the moment, I think, for us. Um, I was going to say on the, the Sabozlai point as well when we're talking about how, how good he is for his age. I remember when Gerard was, um, he was thinking he was on BT and he was talking... Um, about Bellingham and he's saying oh you know Bellingham was Bellingham's way ahead of where I was at this age and, and he you know I think he's being honest I think it's hard to argue that Soboslai is like is again he's the same he he is way ahead of where Gerard was at this age so oh, I don't know. there are comparisons there I think he is I 22 think what Gerard had done at 22 I think so I think so I think for control for he feels like a 28 year old footballer Gerard just felt like a 22 year old ball of energy didn't he he was like a wrecking ball there was always the you know there was always the comparison with Alonso that he didn't control games he just he lived on emotion 
Whereas you look at Sabozla, you feel like he's got the he's got the the nous, the cleverness to him as well at 21, 22, whatever he is. And uh, it's always good when you hear from like I've got I coach lads and I know other people who support United, Tottenham, Arsenal, and they again every time you speak to them they're like, wow, how is that kid twenty one? How is that kid twenty two? Whatever age he is, um, yeah, just just really really satisfying. I thought it was quite satisfying to see Harvey pulling the strings as well. I thought I thought he had a good mm-hmm. first half. He, he you know he could have had a couple of goals today and he, he's finishing. He needs to he needs to take his chance a little better, but. He was involved in everything that was decent. I thought in the first half he was really he was really trying to take control of the game. That's always nice to see in these uh, in these games where we switch the side up a bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Dave, after Leicester scored, it was it was very much one way traffic apart from the odd breakaway for them. And I counted efforts for Jota where he tried to chest it in on his knees somehow. Doke hit the bar. Um, Connor Cody cleared one off the line from Gakpo. Um, Cody headed wide of his own goal as well. There were efforts for Elliot, Simicas, um, Kwanzaa had an effort from a corner. Gravenberch had a couple of strike too. And I think I said to you at half time, I said every outfield player apart from Canates had a go on goal, and you were like, nope, he had one as well. <laughs> so yeah. I think pretty much all of them did. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I know it was. I think like after they scored, I think we had a really good spell about fifteen minutes where everything was coming down our right hand side. Like Curtis, Harvey, and Doak were linking up so well, and we moved away from that, and we weren't creating quite as much. I don't really know why that was, but we stopped getting the ball to Doak because he was causing absolute havoc early on, mm-hmm. and that little triangle on the right hand side was working so well, and then we started trying to attack more down the left, and it just wasn't working with like Costas and Jota just not really being just at it in the first half. Um, but we even so, I mean, the amount of chances that we created was just. I couldn't believe that we we were, you know, it's like, how are we, how are we getting beat here? Absolutely <laughs> crazy. But like Stu said, I wasn't worried. And especially when you look at the bench. And I think when we're looking at, like, the, the team that we picked, I think the only real surprise was Curtis starting in the position that he started rather than Bajetic. Um I'm just assuming that maybe Steph has not quite fit enough to, to, to be playing, like, at, at the moment. So they're just holding him back a little bit. Because um, Curtis is the only one who, who stayed in from the weekend and probably the only one who's, I'm imagining that he'll start this weekend as well. Um, but I like what we're doing because we've got a big enough squad now where we don't need to just bring in all like random kids and you know in the early rounds and just mix and match. We, we, we're playing like a strong team even when we're making 10 or 11 changes. But because we're stacking the bench with like a, a lot of quality as well rather than putting kids on the bench... If it's not going the way you want it to, you're just relaxed about it. You're like, okay, fine. You know, we'll just bring on like Darwin Diaz or or whoever. Uh, I mean, Mo got the night off tonight, um, but you know, last week in in Europe, we were able to bring Mo on. So I like what we're doing in these cup competitions because we're giving the the people games who need games. We're still keeping like the the main players involved by bringing them on for 15, 20 minutes, whatever, and we're also able to rest some other players for for the weekend so so far like it's gone really well these cup competitions you know last week and and tonight um tonight especially because i thought the performance was was just excellent really Mm -hmm. Stu dave mentioned uh, mentioned curtis um obviously the captain for the night he's the one that stayed in for the weekend um, and he's also the fourth player that we've we've tried in that sort of hybrid inverted right back position um, this season, how do you think he did, and and do you think perhaps the fact that he started the game was 
anything to do with the fact that we Jurgen wanted to give him the captaincy? Could be, yeah. I, I, I think he did. Uh, I think he did okay. It's, it's a sign of wanting to give him responsibility, isn't it? It's almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at development, like how do you develop players? Giving him a bit more, giving giving him a bit more responsibility, giving him a different challenge that he's got to take on today against. You know, they're no mugs. They're they're like top of the championship. They're having a good season. I know they're rotated, but they're still bringing on players like Dewsbury Hall and and Ndidi in the second half. They, they've got pretty decent depth a lot of the players that, that are playing there are internationals so it's not it's not against you know some championship uh, some uh, like fourth level team or something so I think he's sort of he, he's asking him to go and he knows he can do the, the, the midfield bit of it doesn't he he knows he can do the box midfield bit it's just giving him that responsibility to go and defend and go and do the right back bit um, I thought he did relatively well thought he, he overplayed a little bit uh, probably maybe lucky not to get when the lad knocks it past him, he just cleans him out pretty much. Um, thinking a lot of games he'd get booked for that, and then he's, had, he's he's having to manage on a booking from that point onwards. But yeah, I thought I thought he uh, he's just be, he's just become a quite serious footballer. I know that Dave sort of pitied the fact, not pitied, but you're a little bit sad that there were less fireworks sometimes, weren't you, from him? Yeah. Um, but I feel I feel like he's the more serious he's become, the more reliable he's become. The more he holds on to the ball when he's in the eight or the ten, he doesn't lose it. He's reliable. He lets everyone else get into shape. I think that's why he's got so many minutes towards the end of last season and why he's starting so many games now. Is he's just yeah, he's just a reliable player now for Klopp, and I think that that it shows a lot of trust in him to do that. You know, he's he's not going to go and ask Harvey Elliott to do that, and yet he's comfortable to ask Curtis to do that. Who essentially remember came into the side as a winger. So I think it's. Um, it's a good sign of how he's kicked on and how serious a player he thinks he is now that he trusts him to do that. He sacrificed himself a lot. Like probably the comparison would be when Alden, you know, his attacking yeah. instincts, it's it's yeah, what yeah. like he was he was known for doing and he's reined that in to do a specific role which the team needs because Curtis now a lot of what he does is very safe and that was not how he played a couple of years ago. You know, that's a maturity in his game now where it's a big part of what we do is just not giving the ball away. You know, you, you've got to just keep the ball, recycle it. Don't give it away cheaply so we get counted on. And Curtis just hardly ever loses possession anymore. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Dave, do you think we, we might end up seeing more of him playing in that position, or is that you should be just sort of really shy away from that? I would be very surprised if we ever see him in that position again. Not because he didn't do well. I thought he had a good game. I just think that. Um, the situation we're in at the moment, because of Trent's injury, Trent's hopefully going to be he's he's back in training now, so hopefully like he's going to be back in the mix. Um, Trent doesn't get injured very often. You've got Joe Gomez there as well, so I think 
and when Bajetic gets fully fit, I think all three of them are more likely to play mm-hmm. in that position than Curtis. Plus the fact I think Curtis is just first choice for centre midfield now as well. Right, I was going to say that to you. Yeah, he's, I think he is. When he is in like, fit, he's kind of he's in the best team, isn't he? You know, for our yeah. best lineup, you're picking now. He's in it. Now that might change if we were to sign a specialist, you know, world class number six, which frees McAllister up to play further forward. Then you've got a lot more competition. But as things stand, Curtis is definitely in our best eleven. Yeah. Um, so Steve, we go in at one or down at half time. Uh, it's not long after the break; just a couple of minutes um, before we're back on level terms. Uh, some really nice work from Gravenberch finds some space and, and poked a little ball through to to Gakpo and a smart turn, and a smart finish from him. Uh, it's nice to see those two Dutch lads uh, connecting. And as you said earlier in the pod, uh, Gravenberch did okay tonight. Yeah, I like him. He's got that. Um, he he just feels difficult to press. Feels like he he can slip away from you, and so if you're going to come try and take it off him, you could very quickly be out of the game, and then we're in and we're through. Um, it, it, we've we're recruiting a lot of these players as well, like these these big units who are technically good, but it feels like he's another one of that, another one from that mold who can who can. Do the physical stuff. They can have, they can have the win the physical battle with you, but they've also got the technique to take you out of the game as well. I thought he was thought he probably had a better first half than second half. But I mean, part of the 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 nice thing about the performance was that different players came into it in different periods. Everyone had you know lots of different players had a strong thirty minutes or forty minutes. I thought Gravenberch was was better in the first half. I thought we could say I think Endo was was. Steady in the first half, and I've been watching him with the ball. He surprised me with the ball. I was expecting him to be quite safe and quite crabby with the ball, and um, in the first couple of games, I was like, oh, he likes to play it forward quite quite a bit. I thought today was excellent. I, I had a look because I was speaking with the lads about him. And I had a look at his. So there's only Elliot's made more passes at him today, and of fifty three passes he made, thirty nine of them were forwards. So like virtually all the time he's playing the ball forwards. He's he plays it forward for the goal. He pops it into um to someone's life for the goal. I think he's I think he's gonna be a really nice little steady player for us. I, I worry a bit, no more than McAllister though. To be honest, I worry a bit on the turn and if he's left alone in the six that you can run past him. But you don't get a lot for whatever it was, fifteen million, twenty million, and I think I think that's probably gonna turn out to be money well spent there. I was I thought there was a lot of encouraging signs. From him, to, from him today, and it's just a very nice position where you can look and go. Probably got six, seven midfielders without Tiago even in the mix, and we're comfortable with all of them playing. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. you probably what you probably would be a little bit. You, you don't want to see Endo start against Tottenham yet. I don't think we haven't seen enough from him or against Brighton. But I think after tonight, I wouldn't be terrified if he, if he was in there and he decides to go with something different. Um, I think he could pick any side for the next match and we'd all go, Oh, that's interesting, but we'd all we'd all see a logic or we'd all be pretty confident that they can perform. And given the drama from the from the transfer window, possibly and I know everyone's gonna say, Oh, they, it was justified to be we're all, you know, shouting at the club. Sometimes maybe they do know what they're doing and sometimes maybe you should just trust them a little bit. With Endo, with Kwanzaa you know, I know people say that wasn't the what it wasn't a plan to do that, but maybe sometimes they just I think trust them a little bit more because they get it right more often than they get it wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Is that is looking at our summer business now, Stu? Given the start that Bellingham has had at Real Madrid, um, is that whole getting the the three or four midfielders instead of the one that we need the thing that it was pitched at the time when we dropped out of the Bellingham race? Do you think that's worked out better for us now than it would have done if it had just been Bellingham? I, I think it's hard to say that. I think it, Sobersly is probably the one that that convinces you that it that it is, yeah. because if he hasn't got that star power then maybe you're not as convinced because, you know, Bellingham has shown, is showing that he is, you know, he's going to be one of, one of the best players on the planet for a long time. So nailing that down for 10 years or whatever would never have been a bad thing. It just would have been expensive. Um, I think if you think that Soberslai might not be that far behind, which is quite a big statement, but I mean, from, this, from the start he's made... It, you get in Sobislav, McAllister, Endo. I, f- I feel like there's not a lot in it. Put it that way. It could go either way, and I think mm-hmm. we wouldn't. We maybe wouldn't have thought that when when Bellingham was sailing off into the distance, and it was all drama. I think you've you've got to look now, and obviously it could still Endo could still tail off, or you know McAllister might not be as good as we think he's going to be, but at the moment, looking at the assessing what we've done, you've got to say it's. A, it's a it's a summer well done, you know. It's and we're back in a situation where we've got the four centre halves, good centre halves, and Quans as your fifth. So, although we all wanted a centre half, is that a bad state to be in a balance? And I know okay, there's injuries, fine, but you can you know you can always get injuries. You can't really go and have six senior centre halves. So, I I think it's I think we're in pretty good shape. A couple of injuries might change that obviously, but I think if you ask me now. It looks like they did a good job, didn't it? Yeah, on the defenders, though, I think I think the issue really never it's never really been about quality for me. It's just the reliability aspect. Um, you know, Quanson might be your fifth, but the fifth is going to have to play a lot of games because the injury history that you have with Canate, Matip, Gomez, the, every year they've all missed games. So if they were a bit more like durable and didn't miss as many games, then your fifth centre-back's not as big a concern. But because, you know, and hopefully, you know, it turns out that Kwanzaa can can do that job because he's looked really good so far. He had another good game tonight. Uh, but in the summer, you can see why people were concerned about that. But it wasn't so much wanting six centre-backs. It was more to do with, like, I think a lot of people would have just let Matip go because of his fitness, you know, the fitness concerns that, that we have over him. But again, it goes back to like last year with the midfield players. It's like you can't just sign a load of players when you've got a load. But the problem is some of the players you've got are not really that much use because they're never available. Like, you know, Thiago, for instance, before that, Oxlade, Chamberlain, Cater. Because we had them, we couldn't go out and buy others because you're not going to have, as you say, you're not going to have like a be well overstocked in the position it's just not what we do you know other teams like you know Chelsea United whatever might do that but we're not in a position where we can be paying that many players so as long as those players are still there and don't leave it's difficult to bring somebody in to replace them I think that's probably why we've not addressed the defensive issue like uh, this summer and never even really tried to I think once it was clear that that Matip was staying for the final year and, you know, who knows, maybe he gets another contract, maybe he doesn't, but that's probably why they never bothered looking for another player, and also because they've got an eye on Kwanzaa and hoping that he can come through, and, you know, the signs are, signs are good so far. Like I say, I thought he had a really good game again tonight. Good stuff. Um, 
So Dave, we, we do go ahead uh, 2-1 with the Sober Sly goal, which we, we've talked about. Um, your boy Darwin came on um, <laughs> with Sober Sly and was just his chaotic self charging around. <laughs> Um, getting, you know, winning the ball back constantly, a constant menace for the defence. Uh, could have had a, a goal himself, put could, one, yeah, put one just couple. wide. Could have had a couple. I'm not saying anything about the chances that were missed of my lesson. I appreciate you going to bat for me on the podcast <laughs> on Sunday, by the way. So I was, as you'd say, catching some strays from people who'd mistaken my balance for, and... Uh, Willingness to counter your you as like over negativity. Are you saying I'm not balanced? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so, you know, how how did you did you enjoy his little cameo tonight? Always do. I, I just think it's a lot more fun when he's on the pitch. There's just always stuff going on. You you, you can't take your eyes off, and you're wondering what he's going to do next. Um, could have had a couple of goals. They weren't particularly. Like bad misses or anything, it's like on another day they go in. It's just he's gone for the corner and he's he's just missed. Um, but yeah, very lively. Um, encouraged by Gakpo tonight as well. I've seen a, a lot of good things from him. Still, at times it's frustrating. Like I feel like he's a bit slow to move the ball. But he <laughs> does. Say what you called him before. Slow the Gak slow. <laughs> <laughs> <That's awful. laughs> no, he was just dawdling on it. On the we had the chance to counter attack and and it would have been like a. 4v2 or something mad like that and it took him ages to get the ball under control and on the turn and the, the chance was gone by the time it happened and like I just oh like, he didn't kill it dead like Nunes usually does no <laughs> now this is like why have you got to bring my boy into it I was just making a point and I've been positive about Gakpo I'm saying yeah, there's a lot was. of good things know, that, that particular incident it was frustrating to me and, and like yeah I did fire off a message like slowly slowly Gak slow but now uh, his, his finish for the goal was superb right in the corner um, yeah. And yeah, he did did loads of good things. Um, he, he moved around a lot tonight. He was playing different positions. He was on the left at times. After Darwin came on, it looked like we'd gone four two three one or something because he, he was sort of floating about behind. Um, I just thought there was a lot of good things from him. As you said earlier, Stu, there was like a, a spell, about 15 minutes, where he was just taking the piss. Like, but yeah. um, it wasn't over the whole game. There were still times when like I felt like he could have done more, but he's, he's not... He's not played that regularly. You know, we started the season in midfield. So I think we're, we're still at the, the beginning of the season, really. You know, and all these players, like, they, they need game time. You know, they need to get, like, fully up to speed. And it's difficult when you're not playing every game. So that's why these cup games are, like, really important for us, for, for players like Gakpo, Jota, Elliot. You know, it's it's just a chance for them to get, like, minutes under the belt. Um, I mean, Harvey tonight, uh, he's really good, but he's finishing, oh, my God. God, he could have had like five goals tonight, and I just I don't see him as a particularly bad finisher either. You know, I think he's he's decent enough, but just wasn't happening for him tonight at all. Um, thankfully it didn't matter because we've won the game at a canter. But yeah, we've been hitting the bar, cleared off the line, missing sitters, and and it, it did feel like Elliot was involved in probably seventy five percent of like everything that we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and Stu, we finally put it to bed. There were there were a couple of hairy moments at uh, 2-1. There was a decent enough shout for a penalty on Kwanzaa. Um, you know, they had a one-on-one situation, which Kanata ended up dealing with quite well. But we eventually put it to bed um, in stoppage time. A goal from Jota. Um, well, it's, I think it was just before stoppage time, actually. A goal from Jota. Uh, a massive-esque run from Kwanzaa. And an Usher-esque um, finish. 
Yeah. That was a trademark Usher goal, that. Huh? Go on then, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Tumbleweed there. I need John on this pod. <laughs> the one thing you don't need in your life anymore is John. You don't need more John. <laughs> um, yeah, just... It wasn't quite... Well, it wasn't like that mazy, was it? Kwanzaa just went out, won the ball, and then just drove into the area, and that's, you know, Jota just... Can conjure a goal, both feet, head, just just class. I thought it was... It, you've got to imagine what it must have been like being a Leicester player. So you've been you've been battered pretty much. All right, you're still in the match, but you've been battered for about 60 minutes. And then to just to bring the big hitters on, like you said, Chris, Nunes, just carnage. It was... <laughs> reminiscent of the uh, the Omaha Beach scene in Saving Private Ryan where there's just explosions going <laughs> off everywhere and they're all just like Connor Cody's walking around looking for his own arm it's just you know just I don't know what you're meant to do when, when that happens um, but yeah it just really went went up a gear in quality and it was uh, it was nice I thought it, it, it was nice to see the Ben Don't cameo early on as well I think to really you know really see him in the game getting get a lot of ball to him Probably not as much as he should have got. We should have been firing out there all the time. Yeah, and it was nice to see. I was I was watching him and thinking, does he need to? Um, does he need to be able to go both ways? Because he kept going. He kept trying to do Justin the same way, and he did. To be fair, he got a lot of success from it. I felt like Justin started reading what he was doing, but maybe it's just the Aaron Robin thing, you know, where if it doesn't matter if you know what he's going to do if he does it quick enough. Um, but that was that yeah. was just a thought. Was like whether he, whether that as he develops a little bit, whether he needs to be able to go both ways, um, and that was what, that was what I was thinking. But yeah, I mean, it's just a really pleasurable way to finish a game, isn't it? To just sort of go up a gear, like you say, they did have the one chance. I think um, Canate and Bacchetti sorted it out pretty much, um, and yeah, again, we can't underestimate it. It's the top of the championship, and they've been essentially swatted aside there tonight by the second mm-hmm. eleven. So it's it's just a really comfortable, competent, serious performance where you've got everything you wanted. You've thrown a kid on. You've got a few goals. Everyone's had minutes. Salah's watching it with his feet up. It's you know it's exactly what the doctor ordered. Jota's got his chance to score yeah. against them again and then run his mouth and get into little running battles with, with players. Oh, <laughs> the, that Jota the, and Chelsea <laughs> bit was amazing. Did you see when he <laughs> ju- he just. He could have won the ball off him straight after and Jotter ignored the ball and made sure he just booted him. <laughs> it was like, he was talking, he was going, oh, you've been talking all game, you've been talking all game. And you could see Chowdhury got the ball and Jotter's about 40 metres away and he's just like, oh yes, oh yes, this is it. Because I think Chowdhury stepped on the ball, he lost the ball, didn't he? He lost the ball and Jota could have just ran away with the ball, but like he was so set on the fact he wanted to come in and make a tackle and wipe him out. It was like, ah, oh, the ball's loose now, but now fuck it, I'm just gonna get him anyway. It was just funny. Oh, he's yeah, powered by pure spite. He's just he is he's an ultimate shit house, isn't he? Especially against them, he's just got it in for them, hasn't he? I enjoyed watching yeah. his videos from from two years ago. With him yeah. popping that penalty in there, and there's like about two dozen angles of him giving it the beans to them. So just screaming, "Fuck off!" A, <laughs> <lovely one. laughs> um, yeah, so def- definitely a nice way to round off the evening. And the last sixteen draws out, we've got Bournemouth away, mm. which is quite kind. And the draw has been pretty kind to us elsewhere as well. I wanted that. Um, now they got Deutsch Bowl 
Everton Burnley. All right. And uh, Man United have got Newcastle at home and West Ham are hosting Arsenal. So the okay, nice. They'll be, you know, it'll open. Could, nice it could get you it? that. What's a little bit there with City going out tonight as well? So yeah, some decent teams are going to get knocked out in the next round. Did you see? Um, Bournemouth's not too bad, is it? It's what's that, Joe? I was going to say, I suppose Bournemouth's not too bad. You always want a home draw, don't you? Yeah. Home draw against someone soft, but Bournemouth isn't too bad, I suppose. No, especially because our second eleven is—it's not a scratch team, is it? It is like a, a strong-looking lineup. Plus, yeah. we spoke about like the bench options. But um, did you see um, Pep Linder's press conference? Um, I mean, his press conferences are great. It's like he gets asked a question, and he doesn't just answer that question. He he answers the question, but also gives you like ten other things in his answer, and somehow. He ended up talking about a conversation he had with, with Jota. And Jota had said to him like that the season when we won the two cups and you know we, we almost we you know, last game of the season we're still in with a chance of the title, we get to the Champions League final. And he said that Jota said to him the key to the success of that season was going so far in like specifically in like the Carabao Cup and, and then in the FA Cup because it kept everybody involved and everybody sharp because we were able to rotate the squad rest people who needed resting but give game time to people who we'd need to call on at other times so they were that kind of shows like the the way like the, the team that was picked tonight with the strong bench and that as well they see it that way you know it's like we we want to go through you know it's not like we're not dismissing the competition we want to get through but we also don't want to be putting the first eleven out because that you know that's just stupid. It's not the way to go. But I, I thought that was interesting when he was saying about how important that was to the success we had that season. And you know, you look at that performance tonight and you think, yeah, you know, hopefully we can go a long way in it again. Definitely, yeah, good stuff. He really rates um, he rates Jotter as well as an intelligent footballer. I remember in his book, he was, he was going on about how smart he is and how he thinks he's going to be a coach and stuff. So he's got. I think he's got a lot of time for Jota. It's all that FIFA he plays, isn't he? He's probably well up on tactics and that. <laughs> I thought, like, you know, where Charity was before, like the, like that when it all kicked off between them in the first half, there was like a little, a little thing went on between them, and I was wondering if, like, if Charity's like saying something about like, you know, challenging him at, at FIFA and stuff because he probably gets that all the time, you know, because Jota's like the king of FIFA. It's yeah. like he's probably getting other players like needling them, saying like you know they'll beat him and stuff, and challenging them to matches because that's just the kind of like petty shit that would be going on. And I did think, is that what Charlie's saying to him there? Is he like, is he making comments about his FIFA skills? That's what really gets him going, yeah. <laughs> it is though, because like when they, that video when they were talking about like music, why they brought Jota out for that video was like anyone's guess. Oh, it was Jamie so Webster talking to them about like the favorite types of music, and Jota goes, "Yeah, I'm not really into music. I don't really listen to it." <laughs> and and um, <laughs> and one of them says like, "Yeah, he only listens to like whatever they play on FIFA." They're like, "What's your favorite music?" And I'm thinking, that, I'm thinking, yeah, it's whatever. They just happens to be on like the latest FIFA game. But yeah, they bring him out to talk about music, and he says, "Yeah, I don't really like music. I don't listen to it." <laughs> And then he just randomly just said, I like Fleetwood Mac. Like that. that was not what I was expecting him to say. It just came from nowhere. Everyone but, likes Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, but you wouldn't have thought, like, you know, Jota, like, who doesn't like music, but he's like, oh, I like Fleetwood Mac, though. It's like, just totally random. <laughs> uh, 
All right, on that note, um, moving on to Tottenham at the weekend. My air conditioning decided to kick on there and blast everybody in the room. Jet just fired up behind you. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, Tottenham at the weekend. On paper, really tough game for us, but it's also a ground where we've had like an immense amount of success under Klopp um, after losing that after losing their 4-1 <laughs> in that Wembley game in the 2017. Game. <laughs> the Lovren game, yeah. And um, so, so, yeah, we go into that one with um, the opportunity to build on the six wins from seven in the league or the five wins from six, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's five wins from six. Yeah, that um, air conditioning knocked me off my stride there. Um, five wins from six. But on paper, a tough game because they've had a really good start uh, as well uh, under a new manager with a load of new players. They've hit the ground running too. And um, it should, if nothing else, be a really good, progressive, positive game of football. Um, but hopefully we should have enough at this stage to be able to come out on top, Dave. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, Stu made a good point about the way Spurs play. It's like, you know, they're, they're going to insist on playing out from the back. Whether it's working or not, they'll stick to it, which we saw that tonight. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Leicester were doing. I mean... It wasn't working for them at all, and and it just felt like we were going to nick it off them. The goalkeeper especially didn't look comfortable with his feet. Now maybe that's just a one-off. Maybe I'd, I'd never seen that goalkeeper before, so I've got no idea. I don't really know anything about Tottenham's goalkeeper either. But um, I always feel comfortable if a team wants to do that against us because you just get a feeling like you know we're going to win it high and we're going to create chances from it. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're good enough to, to play the way through, because most teams aren't. The, the one exception to that's always Brighton. It's like we can never get near them when they play off from the back. We have more problems with them than we do City. with Because City are like, often will just mix it up and, and start to go long because they're worried about us doing that. But Brighton just seems to play through us and there's like nothing we can do about it. So it'll be interesting to see how Spurs do with that. Because that's a strength of ours, obviously. Um... It's going to be a tough game, but I mean, we've got to be favourites, surely. It's like Tottenham have had a good start to the season, they're looking good. But if you look at the team on paper, there's still like some positions there where you think that, that's not particularly strong. They've obviously got good players, but um, you know, we've got better players, so I feel like it's a game that we should win, but there's no guarantees. You know, they are dangerous opposition, and if we're not fully at it, if we don't play well, it's a game we could easily lose. Because they're no mugs and the confidence is high, especially after what he did last week at Arsenal. So it's, it, I think it'll be a really good game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Stu, do you think a, a point is a decent result for us there, or should we be looking at all three? I think there's a fairly, um, I think there's, a, there's, there's a small chance, but not a zero chance that we can want them. I think it'll be a, it'll be a, be a good game, but the way that they, I watched them against Arsenal. I felt that they were they were living very dangerously and they got away with it a few times. I just feel like if we really if we really get the press right and Klopp is a better manager than Arteta, if we set up right, and that's why I was encouraged by tonight, I do think there's an element where it could get away from them quite quickly and they could sort of be looking to the sidelines, a little bit like City have been in the past with us sometimes, looking to the sidelines going, are we going to just get around with this then? Because it's not working. Um, so I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a huge surprise. I just think it's what it is an, it is an option, and the odds on it aren't that the odds on it aren't that far off. I think we could, if we're firing, we could take the game away from them quite quickly, and it could get quite messy for them. 
I do see I see how if it starts well and they play through the press and um, and they get going, it'll be you know a bit tricky game and it could be an end to end game. Uh, it could be a good game of football. I would I would back us. I would back us to beat them. They've still got they're still not quite. I don't think at our level. I'm not sure. Saar, I'm not sure if he's good enough in that midfield. Um, Bissouma's absolutely striding around like king of the world at the moment, mm. so it would be interesting to see how we deal with that. Madison, it's, it's the interesting thing, I haven't looked at them close enough, but I know that Madison's been dropping right in with the build. So he's been dropping in, so then what do we do? Who do, who do we then get to look after Madison if he's going to drop from sort of 10 and he's going to drop all the way in? Is that going to be McAllister that's going to come all the way up the pitch with him? I don't, I'm not sure. So there could be gaps. There could be gaps in our midfield. So it's whether are they going to are they going to find those gaps or are we just going to not let them out of their own area because the press is so good. Um, and also Romero, who always feels like some drama. There's a red card. There's a penalty there. Yeah. With with a lot of with a, with a lot of fast tricky things going on around him, he, I always feel like he's he's a warrior, but he'll give you something. He'll do something daft possibly in a big game. I wouldn't take a point now, I don't think. If you offered me a point, I wouldn't take a point now. Probably wouldn't be gutted with one at the end of the day, but I, I'd go there thinking that we can we can put one on them in, in a proper serious test of whether they're up to it or not. Um, yeah. And we will see. Good stuff. Dave, um, if, if Trent's back, I'm not sure whether he will be or not, but otherwise the same team uh, as West Ham on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I, I said on the last pod that I'd probably leave Trent on the bench for this one. Uh, he's only just back in training now, so muscle injuries, we tend to be careful bringing players back. And without saying like the quiet part out loud, it's not necessarily a bad thing if we have Joe Gomez at right back because of we've, we've said about like Son and what he can do down that side of the pitch. Um, I'd have no problems if that's how we lined up. I think it'd be pretty sensible to play that way in this particular game. Uh, and then, obviously, well, we've got Brighton after that, haven't we, with Matoma? So I think maybe I'd keep Trent on the bench for that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just just going back to like whether a point's a good result or not, I think what it all comes down to is what we think is like our realistic goal for the season. Like If you've got it in the back of your mind that we can challenge City then any draw is shit. It's a it's a, it's a bad result. You know, you've you've just got to win every game. If like you're thinking City's gonna win the league, we're playing for second, then a draw away at Spurs is totally fine. You know, no problem there at all. So uh, I do think that it's about context really. Um and at the moment I'm not particularly thinking about Man City. I'm just enjoying what we're doing and let's see where we are in a couple of months. And if it is close, then obviously the, the, the stakes are higher in every game. But I do think like, you know, when you look at the way Arsenal fans are reacting now, and I, I totally relate to it. Like, you know, people are saying they need to calm down and that, but you can't. Because in, in Arsenal's mind, rightly or wrongly, they see themselves this year as like the main challenges to Man City because they were last season. So why wouldn't they think that? You know that's perfectly fine because they've improved. You know they've, they've brought Declan Rice in, um, and they feel like they're ready to take the next step. 
But the problem is, and we know how this feels, is like anytime you drop any points, it feels like the end of the world. And they are totally overreacting to, to results at the moment. But that's just the effect that City has on you. Because you know you haven't got that, like, you know, the margin for uh-huh. error that yeah that, that we've like I mean, you know it used to be like you got like 85 points you were just guaranteed to win the title you know you could afford to lose four or five games in a season never mind like what the draws you can't do that anymore so it's like any time when like you draw a game like I mean they've drawn with Tottenham which that's not a bad result that's a North London derby Spurs are flying it's it's a draw no big deal move on from it but they're like seeing that as like well some of them are they're seeing it as this like big catastrophe and, and they're like having an inquest what's going wrong and i'm like nah, you do need to just chill but i understand why you are reacting the way you are because we've been there where every single time you don't win a game it you're thinking oh shit that's the result that's going to cost us the title and that's where arsenal are now we're not really there because of what happened last season you know, we started the season saying, right, let's just get back in, into contention again, uh, build something and go from there. But because we've started so well and it looks like we're ahead of schedule, maybe in the back, back of your mind, like it's in the back of my mind, I'm trying not to really think about it, but it is there that I'm thinking, you know, if we win on Saturday and you're looking at the table and you're like, you know, because we are close, we're just like... It, one City draw and us winning and, and we're level on point at them. So at the moment it is close. So... The longer that goes where we stay close to them, we're going to end up like that where draws away at Tottenham or, or at Old Trafford or something that are just not acceptable results in, in the context of where you want to be. So yeah. I, I do think like a draw at Spurs at the weekend is fine, but not if if like, if like we've got ambitions of, of like challenging City. You know, you, you, it's a game that you think you probably would want to win. But again, it depends on how good Spurs turn out to be. I mean, what if Spurs finish like third or fourth and they're like they're, they're really good? Then a draw yeah. there's fine, isn't it? If Spurs go on to be really good, but if they fall away a bit, like I'm more concerned about the point we had at Chelsea. You know, that just looks yeah. worse by the fucking week, doesn't it? I mean, I think I think getting it's okay to. I'd rather play Spurs now than maybe in two or three months' time because I think that where yeah. we are in our development is probably and the tenure that we have with these players is probably. A little bit ahead of where they are, they're they're still very on early on in their journey. So this is probably, yeah. a, even though they're playing well, this is probably a decent time to to be playing them rather than in a couple of months' time when they when they really hit their stride and when they might have a bit more about them tactically or maybe they've picked up a couple more players in January or whatever. But as to your point of challenging City and going back to every um, every game being sort of do or die. I'm not sure I really want to go back to that. Like, you know, as fun as it is winning all those games and being challenging for the title, it's also fucking horrible and really, yeah. really stressful. When it's August and, like, you, you draw a game in August and you're like, oh, that's the title gone. And it's just... World, yeah. And the thing is, though, it's like it turns out, like, well, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you lose out by a point at the end of the season. And you can look at that and go, well, yeah, that, that draw in August. Obviously, there's other results along the way, but still, it's like if you'd have won that game in August... You'd have been fine, so that's what it comes down to. It's like you know, it, it's you've you've got to be you've got to be almost perfect. I'd like to um, I'd like to get back to that though. Still, even though it was you know super stressful, I'd love to get back to that where we are pushing and pushing and pushing. I, I it's tricky. I think it's tricky with the Spurs game because you've got you've got to um, bracket it with the Brighton game as well. And it's like, what would you take? I I think I'd, I'd take four points now. If, if if that's one against Brighton or one against Spurs, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't take a draw, but I'd snatch your, I'd snatch your hand off her. 
Yeah. I th- I snatch your hand off for um, for four points. Yeah, four points yeah. probably. Four point. Yeah, but I think I'd be more confident about winning at Spurs than Brighton. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's. Um, I think it'll be interesting how how we set up in those two games as well because I wouldn't be surprised if. I'll, again, I'll probably be wrong about this, but I wouldn't be surprised if we went a bit more harem scarum against Spurs, which would be you know Nunes Diaz, and then against Brighton maybe you go for the slightly smarter sort of cagier, cleverer pressers, and you go Gakpo Jota against Brighton because you can't just go tearing after it and think you're gonna go and get it, or just turn so, up wearing Everton shirts. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And watch them just you, completely you know I mean? shit the Brighton, bed. Brighton will be sat there waiting to pop it round as like they've done a million times before. And I know Spurs will look to do the same, but I think maybe you could catch them a bit on the hot with, with a bit of harem scare and chaos and maybe that won't work as well against Brighton. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as I say, I will I would snatch your arm off for four points. And I think if you look at some of the games we've got out of the way then at that point, we might get a bit of a head of steam going, you know. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, all right, guys. Anything else that you guys want to add uh, going into Sunday, or just looking back on tonight before we call it a night? Just going back to um, what we were saying about still feeling like you're younger than the players. With Sabozlay, I think the best way to describe this is like if I was in a room with Sabozlay, I would feel like he's the grown up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even though I'm fifty, I wouldn't feel like that with all of the players. But you have Chris for tea, so obviously you're not the other <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Chris Butty, but what's that got to do with anything? No, but but that's like, the certain players have still got that. Like, Van Dyke's got that as well. It's like, if I was in a room with Van Dyke, I would I would defer to him as like, he's the grown-up. Even though like I'm like old enough to be his dad. That's just that, how I would see him. And Subos, like even though he's 22, I would still see him as like more of a grown-up than me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I know you're with me, Chris, but Stu, obviously, I don't know how you feel about that, like, but I know what you mean. There's that that um, that charisma, mm. that energy, um, and that's rare for me because you know yeah, I, I, yeah. I I use charisma as well, so I don't really have to take a, a back you, step you to use, anyone. You use something, yeah, you definitely use something. <laughs> Nobody he uses machismo. Uh, that's that's <laughs> the difference. He's like Razor Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I think that's as good a place to leave it as any. <laughs> yeah, let's. Okay, um, good stuff boys. Great win for the Reds tonight. Really satisfying night all round. Let's hope that we can keep that momentum going after Spurs on Sunday. Uh, Dave and the boys will be back after that one, but until then, we'll catch you soon. Well, the best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.